Tonight, the Historical Science Channel presents a special documentary about a lost chapter in human history, hundreds of thousands of years ago, when our prehistoric ancestors populated the Earth, the first semblances of society as we know it were taking place. Small groups of men and women began to form, and they gathered food, made fire, and protected each other from invaders. These common causes led to the development of stationary communities. But there was another community, if you want to call it that, that would have none of that rubbish. These adventurous souls would never stay in one place for more than a few days. Their instinct for wanderlust unabated, they meandered from region to region, never putting down roots or becoming a respectable part of ancient society. These were the Meanderthals. The Meanderthals is brought to you in part by Flint Water Beer, also by CCW Labs, makers of fine pharmaceuticals. There are times in your life when a normal beer just won't do. You want a beer with body. You want a beer with volume. You want a beer with a unique flavor all its own. That's when it's time to crack open an ice-cold bottle of Flint Water. Flint Water Lager is made with the finest municipal water Michigan has to offer. Brewed with the best grains you could purchase in bulk from the outlet store and aged in casks made from abandoned pallets from our world-famous shuttered car factories. One sip of Flint Water and you'll know it's the best beer you'll ever taste. It may also be the last beer you'll ever taste, and in that case, why not go out with the very best? Flint Water Beer, the brew for you. Flint Water Brewing Company, Flint, Michigan. Don't drink responsibly, drink Flint Water. And now, back to the Meanderthals. It is believed that the Meanderthal tribe got its start in the region now known as Chillicothe, Illinois. Then, as now, nobody outside the area had heard of it, and there was nothing to do there. This undoubtedly helped to start their ongoing lust for a change of scenery. Professor Henrik von McDougall Rodriguez of the University of East Pahrump, a leading expert on the tribe, expands on that theory. In order to understand the mindset of the Neanderthals and to properly locate its region of origin, one merely has to visit Chillicothe. I mean, my God, you've never seen such a bland place in your entire life. The people are boring, the houses are boring, there's no cultural centers or nightlife to speak of. Hell, there's probably not even more than one convenience store there. Well, what the hell are you supposed to do for fulfillment and fun at a place like that? Stare at the walls? And so the trek began. First heading northwest into what is now Iowa, finding it just as bland there, then south into what is now Missouri. At this time, the tribe began to expand rapidly, as the adult members of the tribe found the only way they could alleviate their boredom, albeit temporarily. In time, they numbered in the thousands, but this was not to last. Professor von McDougall Rodriguez elaborates. You would think that a tribe which had grown to that number would have had the sense to finally settle somewhere and thrive, but there is something you'd be overlooking. The members of this tribe were constantly on the move without any real sense of direction in either a literal or figurative sense. So there was no time used or effort made to get themselves or their offspring educated. Thus, they found themselves freezing to death in the winter, scalding in the summer, and constantly devoured by wild animals, 100% of whom were smarter than they were. To put it in modern parlance, they were dumber than a wet bag of rocks, a few bricks shy of a load, a few fries short of a happy meal, you get the idea. 
just plain stupid. We will be right back after this word from CCW Labs. Are you trapped in a bad relationship because you don't want to rock the boat? Are you timid about approaching your boss about that promotion even though you know you would be perfect for the position? Are your children running the house because you are reluctant to discipline them and come across as a big fat meanie? Then you need Groaset. Groaset is the all-natural supplement that stimulates the mental processes and hormones that inspire you to take action and reassert your self-worth. One daily dose of Groaset with lunch and dinner is all you need to go from wallflower to manpower, from wimpy to worthy, from mess to success. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about Groaset today. Use as directed for oral use only. Excessive use or overdose of Groaset may cause dizziness, nausea, and an uncontrollable urge to go to monster truck rallies. Keep out of reach of children. Epstein didn't kill himself, neither did Harvey Weinstein or Tulsi Gabbard. If you experience diarrhea or vomiting, stop eating crappy fast food. The makers of Groaset are not responsible for adverse reactions. People who are using you as a welcome mat. Don't forget to floss. For more information, visit I don't want to be a wimpy little winnie anymore.com. And now, back to the Neanderthals. Although the Neanderthals have been extinct for millennia, many vestiges of their history remain with us to this very day. Dr. Von McDougall Rodriguez explains this phenomenon. Because of their constant aimless wandering, the Neanderthals came into frequent contact with more traditional tribes. Now, despite the efforts of the normal tribes to resist, they soon found certain behaviors of the Neanderthals assimilated into their world. It lasts to this very day. Whenever you see someone wander into oncoming traffic while their eyes are riveted on their smartphone screen, shuffling around Walmart for hours and then not taking the extra 10 seconds to return their shopping carts, or simply voting for career politicians over and over again, who then screw them out of their rights over and over again, you can be assured that there is a trace of Neanderthal living on. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. The Neanderthals was produced by the Historical Science Channel in association with Seven Farts Television. Stay tuned to CounterCultureWise.com for more exciting and informative entertainment. Hello, hello, hello. Tonight we face the nightmare that is the timeshare. <laughs> We will check in with Chuck when the going's on in the world. We will rail against the nonsense that is daylight saving. I hate daylight saving. And we will share some heartwarming stories, news of the weird and wonderful, in order to balance it all out. Don't go anywhere. We've got a fun-packed show for you today. Welcome to Counterculture Wise, a Stormcap production. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts, our guests, and the dog, and do not necessarily reflect the views of any of our platforms, our advertisers, or any other dog. you listen today, please remember, we are so much more than a podcast. All of our stories we discuss are linked in our show notes on counterculturewise.com. Visit there for commentary, guest photos and links, animations, and fun merchandise. If you have a story idea or would like to be a guest on our show, contact us via our website. You can also follow us on Twitter, Gab, 
Instagram, Facebook, and all over social media where we'll post memes, cat pics, and commentary that gets us booted off on a regular basis. If you're listening live, be sure to join our chat on Spreaker. If you're listening dead, please stop voting Democrat, but enjoy the show anyway. And a fine howdy-doody to you all. Thank you so much for tuning in this evening. If you're listening to this after the fact, hey! Hey, hey thanks for joining us. Drop everything. Ouch. Hit the like, hit the share, hit the subscribe. Tell everybody about the show. Tell people you like, tell people you hate. Especially tell people you hate, because they deserve it. Do all the things. Feed all the algorithms. This is going out on YouTube. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But I figured we're not really going to talk about anything too controversial tonight, so I think we might just sneak by. Actually, I found an article that might put that we'll out, see. Of, out of commission. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll have to use code words or something, a semaphore or something. Well, folks, I am your hostess with the mostest, Ms. Melanie Hope, and I am here in the CCW studios out in the middle of a cow pasture, somewhere in the deep in the heart of Texas, with my co-host, my, well, just so happens to be my husband and my best friend. True, true. But also, my sweet baboo. Hey, everybody get a nice, hearty, warm welcome to Mr. James Monas. You know, it'd be really, really cool if there were that many people actually listening live to our yeah, show. Yeah, we don't even have our normal audience in the chat. That's true. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm required to do a dad joke every week now. All right. You. Oh, you're required now. Oh, yeah. boy. Yee. What do you call a fish with no eyes? Fish. She got the joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time you got the joke. <laughs> wow. Just wow. Thanks, every single one of you who are skipping the the Academy Awards this evening and ignoring the the superstars. Did we just have they, those? No, we had the oh. Emmys and the Grammys and the oh. and the uh, Golden a Globes bunch and the of SAG rich Awards. And the, stroking each and other. Stroking each other Anybody and spouting off nonsense. Yeah. Pardon me? Anybody getting slapped this time? Um, actually, they have a whole group of people now who are responsible. Kind of an incident prevention. The no slap crowd. The no slap crap <laughs> people. They're, they actually had to start that now, but thanks to Will, you know. And Will Smith's gone for years, and Chris Rock didn't want to show up to do the sh to host the show this year for obvious reasons. He went on uh, Netflix and. Absolutely, oh, I, I saw part of that. I, I, absolutely I was, eviscerated. Good. Will Will and Jada. So like, eh, he just me me. It's like no, you know what? He's a comedian. That's what he does. Yeah. If you don't like comedy? Don't listen. Jeez. That's true. It. I mean, I I, I, I had to, I finally had to turn it off because he swore even too. Yeah, much he does for swear me. a little bit much. A yeah. bit much even for he's, me. He's like Eddie Murphy level swearing. Mm, that's true. Did even, you know that? Eddie Murphy, I just learned this. I didn't I didn't know this. Eddie Murphy in his first special was like 19. Mm -hmm. He was just a baby. He started doing stand-up comedy at the age of 15. Yeah, he's just a kid. He actually lied about his age to get in. That's hilarious. And, and, and perform. That's hilarious, yeah. So he's, he's kind of out of the limelight for obvious reasons. I mean, I don't blame him. Yeah. 
Yeah. And comedies, I mean, I don't want to say comedy's dead because there are still some amazing comics out there. Like Chris Rock. Yeah, and, and Ricky Gervais and, you know, several. Um, but you just you just have to let it roll off of you because everybody else is so butthurt about everything all the time. It's like, you know, get over it, sit back and laugh. Just get over it already. Indeed. Indeed. Well, we have to say goodbye to some folks. I hate starting off the show with, you know, the. I, sh- I should oh. start playing the, the death march. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time once again for all the dead people. Okay. <laughs> we lost Robert Blake this year, or this month, this uh, this week. Well, it's this year, this yeah. week, this month, yeah. even a few days ago. All, you can get really the, specific if yeah. you want to. <laughs> he started off as Mickey, Julie, something or another, and... He was one of the members of the R Gang group who did a bunch of movies in the 30s and 40s. And he was one of the... Wait, he was one of the R Gang? Yeah, he was, he was in Little Rascals, oh, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That's where he first got well known. Which one was he? He was Mickey. That was his name. Mickey. Now, I, rem- I remember clearly seeing him in one of these. There um, was a... Spanky and Darla and Slappy and Doc. I don't remember the rest. Uh, alfalfa. Oh, alfalfa, yeah. And buckwheat and, you know. Anyway, uh, he was famous for being a weepy, whiny kid. So he wasn't that that popular. But I do remember him in one where his parents were arguing over having hash for dinner because his dad hated hash and they'd always get into arguments over it. And then the, the our gang puts on this radio show and and, you know, they're pretending to be telling a story when in fact they're just appealing to the kid's parents and he's in there whining and weeping and I can't tell the way they argue and of course the happy ending the parents stop arguing about hash although dad probably still hates hash you know that imagine, doesn't really change I can't imagine a man hating hash <laughs> well I, I I don't think it was like corned beef hash or, or hash browns like we like them I think it was something altogether different but I could also be very very wrong he is most famous for two things. He was in the film version of Truman Capote's In Cold Blood back in 1967. He was in a cult movie called Electric Light and Blue about a bunch of uh, motorcycle cops, which I have not seen. I've been wanting to because it's a really good movie, supposedly. Best known for playing uh, Beretta for three seasons on ABC. And I remember watching that show when I was a kid. He was really cool. I vaguely remember that show. Yeah. He, but he's also really well known for having been acquitted in the murder of his well, wife. Yeah. Yeah. And we kinda still know what happened there, right? Uh, he was acquitted. I don't well, know. I mean, he was acquitted, but we still but don't then know he, what happened. But then the, he, he was found liable in a civil court and had to pay a bunch of money to the family of, of his ex-wife. So I don't know. You know, I, it, it can mean different things, but. There was insufficient did, evidence that he actually sh- shot his wife. Find... Wait, I'm thinking of the wrong person. Yeah, you are. Yeah, okay, never mind. So anyway, they, you know, he, it was really kind of hard for him to get acting jobs after that, imagine. So <laughs> he's been living on Social Security and, and Screen Actors Guild pension. and That's so sad. Yeah. And so, he was acquitted, which is totally unfair. I mean, if he didn't do it, yeah. he shouldn't have still had to be. It's still, you know, you know, it. It's there's still a stigma attached to it. O.J. Simpson's never going to be another movie. Um, you know, Phil Spector's not going to do anything. But then he's again, he's dead. 
uh, makes it kind of difficult. We also lost an actor, you know, as somebody who's, it may not be my favorite musical, but pretty close to it is Fiddler on the Roof and the star of okay. the... Okay, if it's not your favorite, what is? Because I'm pretty sure it's your favorite. <laughs> let me think for a minute. I, I can't even imagine me, another one that you would like more. Let me think for a minute, just for a minute. Okay, Fiddler's my favorite. So Yeah, I, I had a feeling. So this gentleman, Chaim Topol, who usually just went by Topol, he was in the Israeli, the first Israeli production of it. Uh, and then because he did, he was so, he did such a great job. And he was pretty much a novice at the time, but he got really good at it. And he was cast in the London, the original London production of it. That was so popular that he was controversially cast as Tevye in the film version. I say controversially because... The actor who originated it on Broadway is Zero Mostel, but they chose Topol over Zero Mostel. And hmm. a lot of people thought, well, that's probably not the, not the best choice. I'm not, uh, I can't imagine Zero Mostel was much more bombastic. Role. But I think, I think uh, Topol's, Topol's performance was probably a lot more understated and therefore relatable. So he did a great job in the movie anyway, and then he was in Broadway revivals of the show. He played that... He played... In, I think it was three thousand five hundred shows Holy as smokes. as Tevia the the Dairy Man. So I think you yeah. get bored after a while. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's, maybe he's bored, but the checks are coming in, right? It's it's kind of cool to be an actor and get paid for it on enough that you don't have to do anything else. I mean, I've been paid as an actor, but you know, not certainly not pay the bills and have dinner on the table <laughs> wages. So it's it's good to be able to do that. Um, he's also he was also in the James Bond movie for Your Eyes Only, which he was really good. He was so he he was supposed to be the bad guy, but he turns out to be one of the good guys. I like movies like that. One of the yeah, bad I'm guys. I have to go back and watch good. that movie again because I'm really trying to picture him in it, and I I, I don't remember. Well, he, he didn't have the big, thick beard he had when he was in Fiddler. He yeah, see, a the minute mustache. a man shaves, I don't recognize him anymore. You shave, you come home, I'm like, who's a stranger in my house? I, I have that weird face thing where if you do anything, you cut your hair or whatever. I have no idea who you are. Yeah. <laughs> I used to tell my students when I was did the speaking circuit, don't change seats, don't change your hair, because if you come back tomorrow, I won't know who you are. Yeah, it's... Uh... I understand that, and it throws me off when I look at myself in the mirror after I've shaven off my beard or changed my look. So, so you confuse yourself. That's yeah, funny. yeah. I also want to say goodbye to uh, a financial institution, the second, you know, second biggest bank failure since Washington Mutual. The Sounds late, like we're great, a lot of lamented. Bank failures. There's You're two of them that of recently there was uh, there was Silicon Valley Bank. Yesterday and then today, Signature Bank and Bank of America um, sucked up everybody's money. There's like lines all the way around. Really, yeah. I did not know that. Uh, I forget exactly where it was. I think don't quote me on this. I think it was California, but don't quote me on this. But apparently, there's like a run on the bank. <laughs> well, well, don't worry. We're we're going to take care <laughs> it's of so you. So funny because the guy who reported it played clips from. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't see very many films of a run on the bank, so yeah. I, 
I guess that's so. Let's have a look at Silicon Valley Bank because it had I'm not familiar assets with that in bank. the billions. It was crazy. So, oh, there's not going to be any federal va- federal bailout for them. Let's see here. Okay, I wasn't looking in the right place, and I'm going to be a professional and keep rolling. It was oh, uh, it was a, it was a tech bank based out of Santa Clara County, California. You'd think with all that money coming in from all these high tech companies that it wouldn't uh, you think it wouldn't conk out, but it did. And then Signature Bank isn't as big a bank, and but no government this, bailed them out. I mean, aren't, aren't the banks too big to you growl? Know, the FDIC snagged it, and then they they started their own new bank called, I think. Valley Bank of Santa Clara or something something along those lines and then all the assets are going there and they're guaranteeing everybody who made deposits are able to get their money. Oh, that's so, good at least. It's getting to the point where they're not bailing the bank out. They're not going to prop it up or anything like that. So It's getting um, to the point that whenever you get a paycheck, it's like, uh, let's just go get the money out and put it under our mattress. Yeah, we, we just found a bank that... Well, I mean, it's not open yet. It's not open yet. But there is a bank starting soon, and we're not going to advertise them. I'm not going to mention their name unless you go on chat right now and ask me, what is the name of the bank, for God's sake? But it guarantees freedom of speech. They're not going to shut you down for having impure thoughts like a certain bank that rhymes with Chase does. (laughs) That was the worst hiding of the name of a certain bank. I used to work for a phone company. I can't tell you what it is, but the initials are AT&T. That kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, that's all kind of dead. Subtle was a heart attack there, Jim. Yep. I'm tired of talking about death. I'm going to move on to the next (laughs) thing. All right. This this was not... This may end up in death, though. Well, I'm going to go over two stories. Um... Firstly, we're going to talk about jarheads and a very, leave very... Leave the jarheads up to you. Yeah, leave the jarhead stories to Jim. This is scary. This is just plain scary. I don't want this. Everybody thinks Marines are all warlike, and yes, most of the guys I hung with were indeed really? very... I thought everybody thought Marines were all drunks. He's making faces at... Oh, nope. He's taking a sip of a beer. <laughs> Hashtag save the keyboard. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm being careful. I'm being careful. Uh, the island hopping campaign against Japanese forces during World War II is perhaps the U.S. Marine Corps' finest hour. Today, the Marines are trying to ready themselves for a potential conflagration against another... I said I said that word without any problems. You did. Wow. Against another Indo-Pacific adversary that has emerged as a great power competitor in the 21st century, China. Yeah. <laughs> after the ooh, China, after the not the Trump, people, China. not the China people of China. Asshole. I am China is asshole. No, I, I'm. <laughs> I, I, I every time I say something like that, I, I don't want anybody whatsoever to think I'm attacking the people of China. No, no, they're idiotic, no, despotic, absolutely fascist dictator, blah 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 government. That's who I'm screaming about. Or talking loudly about her, raising raising my fist that nobody yes, can see. Who's who's laughing at our wannabe fascist well, dictator? Yeah, well, diaper changer. Well, here's the thing. I, I'm not going to get into it right now. 
but I will I will probably wind up talking about it. After the 9-11 attacks and the U.S. invasions of Afghanistan and Iraq, counterinsurgency became the service's main focus, but not anymore. The Corps has been conducting a lot of coin ops for the last two decades. He doesn't say what coin is, and I don't remember. I was going to say, what is a coin op? Does that stand for something? Of course it does. Covert opposition... Burn. Incredibly nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Opposition I, I <laughs> said Lieutenant Mark Wise, Deputy Com- Commandant for, Edu- for Aviation, noted at the Navy League's Sea Air Space Conference in August. However, the potential adversaries that we have out there have been watching closely and not standing idly by. Counterinsurgency. That makes sense. Of course. They have been increasing in complexity, they've been increasing in capacity, and they've been doing all of that over the last 20 years, and it's only accelerating right now. Who are these potential adversaries? The pacing threat is China, said Lieutenant General Eric Smith. You know, it's interesting. All these generals have, like, Bob Smith names. Have they ever had, like, a um, like a General oh, God, like, Ernestina Slobovich? No. No, we no, have, no. like, Laverne or whatever in the hell that guy's name is that thinks he's a girl. Let's not. Anyway, they've been... Uh, I mean, that's not a real general. He's, he's a fake one. We shouldn't sugarcoat that. He's as that. fake of a general as he is a woman. <laughs> that just got me booted off of YouTube. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. We shouldn't... You no, know, we try. We do. <laughs> I've, we're hardly ever trying anymore. Not, we're, yeah. we're about to... I, I just found yet another network we could be on that's not YouTube. So I oh. I don't really care. Well, we're on BitChute and... We're on BitChute and Rumble, Rumble and... and I should be putting some stuff on Bridie on which I'll be doing. But anyway, there's a fourth one, but I won't talk about that yet because I don't remember the name of it. Okay, anyway, we shouldn't sugarcoat that and talk in vague terms. We're talking about China as a pacing threat because of the bellicose, great word, actions and language. The core is not well... Isn't he he that guy from um, Harry Potter? Honey... I've seen one movie in that whole series. I wouldn't be able to tell you who Bellicose was. Actually, I think it was a chick. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I know Hermione. That's it. Uh, the Corps is not as well postured as it should be to address the challenge, officials say. And I'll get into a reason or two later on that. To get after the problem, the service is pursuing new technologies, forced structure changes, and operating concepts. How about toughening up the Marines again? How about that, yeah. huh? See, I told you I'd talk about it. How about not making it Marines big... must be able to employ mobile, low-signature, operationally relevant, and easy-to-maintain and sustain naval expeditionary forces from a series of austere, temporary locations ashore or inshore within a contested or potentially contested maritime area in order to conduct sea denial, support sea control, or enable fleet sustainment, according to a service news release. I just read the most difficult... You, you you did it in one breath, too. I did it in one breath after half a can of beer yet. Fritzy's the only one who could have done that. I guess I'm learning from her. Employing these concepts in the Indo-Pacific is no easy task, Wise noted. When you look at an archipelago, oh, come on, with the big words already. Archipelago. Bellicose, archipelago. Mm, Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> anti-disestablishmentarianism. Laphidophilia office. <laughs> Acidophilus. <laughs> that wasn't as impressive as mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't, but at least my word was real. 
Um, <laughs> in the Thousand Islands, and you're looking at how you're going to posture in a theater like that. That adds a level of complexity to the challenge you're trying to solve, he said. How are you going to operate in that theater? It is really hard when you're looking at the distances we're covering to do that. This is lasting very long. Look, I'm going to That's tell you something. It's a long article. So, this, they wouldn't even be talking about our shortcomings when I was in the Marine Corps. Ronald Reagan was my boss. Do you honestly think you would say, well, it looks like it's a bit of a problem, Mommy? No, he didn't do that. Well, we also have a president that calls up Putin and says, okay, now, whatever you do, <laughs> do not attack our power grid. You know, it's like he throws himself against the oven. He's not in here! It's like, this is our, our so-called wink-wink president. Yeah, yeah. This is a story that we did not put on our original list, but I think this is a significant story. I think this is very significant. This is from Friday. House lawmakers made it clear Friday that it's time for the Biden administration to come clean on what it knows about COVID-19's origin. Good luck with that. No, no, no. You don't understand. Let me, let me keep going. Republicans and Democrats voted unanimously. Wait, what? Unanimously. What, what, what? One more time, another big word, unanimously. 419 to zero. That, oh, that's why I said it's a significant. That's why I said it's a significant story. To require the Biden administration's director of national intelligence. They still won't do it. I don't care. I, let me read. To declassify all intelligence related to the Wuhan Institute of Virology and possible well, links to the origins of the... He did run on uniting us, and if there's one thing that unites Americans, it's the incompetency that's in the White House right now. Oh, boy. It's true. That release would be required 90 days after the bill is signed into law. The vote followed new assessments from the Department of Energy and the FBI that a lab leak in China was... They're the most likely source of the pandemic. We know yeah, this. Uh, we didn't already know that in 2019. After those assessments were revealed, and you could no longer deny it, or poo-poo it, or belittle it, or whatever, the Senate unanimously passed the GOP bill last week, and the House followed with its own unanimous vote more than, a little more than a week later. They're actually taking this seriously. About bloody damn time. On the House floor, Republicans made it clear they believe the information still classified points to the Wuhan lab as the source of COVID. Everybody knew this. this no, is well, what... no, not everybody knew this because they were we were slapped down by the media, by the government, by but, business. Okay, before they did, though, we knew that. I mean, we heard from lab workers in China. They told us this. Yeah. And we're supposed to just sit here and pretend like we didn't hear that? I mean, do people really have that short of memory? La, 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 la. I guess so. <laughs> Put my hands over my ears if I you guess can so. it out. La, 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 la. Insane. You can't boot a screw to because this is mainstream media now. Yeah. Of course, it's on your competitor, Yahoo. <laughs> Yahoo! Well, the actual source of this, of this article is Fox News, but... Oh, well, they'll just say, <laughs> oh, it's Fox, it doesn't count. No, this is on all of them. This this is on all of them. This I just happened to bring up one from Fox News. Uh, the American public deserves answers to every aspect of the COVID-19 pandemic, including how this virus was created and specifically whether it was a natural occurrence or or was the result of a lab-related event, said House Permanent Select Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner, Republican of Ohio. 
The House Intelligence Committee, which oversees our intelligence community, is aware of classified information that could help inform the public why COVID-19 as a lab leak theory is not just a possibility, but approaches the idea that it that is likely. Do you think anybody's going to apologize to us for calling us crazy tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theory? Oh, they've already moved Trump on. tards, they've already maggots, and all the other garbage. I mean, they're, they're still doing that over January 6th. People and that's don't also apologize been anymore. That's also been a hoax, too. Honey, nobody apologizes anymore. They either double down or they just shut up and go away, and they, they, they don't apologize. Greg Murphy, Republican of North Carolina City, believes Dr. Anthony Fauci, the former director of the, never mind, the former director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, knew it came from the Wuhan lab he and tried to cover really it up. He paid for it. In January 2020, Dr. Fauci received mail, emails that promulgated that COVID-19 looked engineered and not from the wild, Murphy said. Yet three weeks later, to save his own skin, he commissioned a scientific paper which debunked the lab theory. In, debunked is in quotes. He was academically and intellectually dishonest. <clears throat> the truth of the he truth screw, is he screwed up AIDS too. I don't know yeah. why people. I, that's people will say, "Oh, you follow Trump, you follow Trump." I'm like, no, I'm mad as hell at Trump. I won't vote for him again because he let Fauci rule the country. He let him rule the damn country. I'll never forgive him for that. Plus, he didn't get the damn wall built, and he didn't get rid of the swamp rats, and he didn't drain the swamp. He didn't. I, he got a lot done, but he didn't do the thing, the most important things. And then when he put Fauci in, or let Fauci be an unelected, overpaid failure who's a tyrant and caused the damn thing, he put him in charge? No. No, I'll never forgive him for that. I think he was stonewalled as far as getting the wall built, but anyway. Stonewalled. I see what you wait. Hold on. I got the thing. I, I didn't Can really we, mean that, it. I didn't that, mean that, it, but no, okay. No. You deserved that. I sure did. <laughs> well, Jim Hines, Democrat of Connecticut, <clears throat> the top Democrat on the Intelligence Committee, says view of the classified information he's seen is that it's still unclear where COVID came from, but he also says... Whatever is ultimately declassified, I would hope that my colleagues and the American people would approach that information with humility, the intellectual humility that we need to approach something as serious as pandemic and how we behave as citizens in a democracy. He still believes it's best to declassify all the information held by the government so people can make up their own minds. That's very rare these days, both, both parties. They've actually turned doing your own research into an insult. Yeah. I mean, you'll actually see people on social media say, oh, do your own research. <laughs> it's like uh, our choice is to blindly follow. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand how they see that as, as an insult. So, I don't either. Oh, research, look into it, ask questions. How is that an insult? I don't get it. <laughs> Oh, dear Lord, 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 Lord. Later in our show, we'll be talking about timeshare nightmares, as we promised last week. <laughs> I have some doozies of stories for you. Oh, so, criminy, do we have yeah. some doozies. That well, comes later, though. We've still got a lot of cool other stuff to well, talk about. you want to head about. on into news of the weird and wonderful? Let's, let's go weird and wonderful, let's yes. Let's go weird and wonderful. <laughs> 
CounterCultureWise is proud to present News of the Weird and Wonderful. Here are your hosts, Melanie Hope and Jim Monis. <laughs> He's all gesticulating. <laughs> okay, I like this just for the mere fact that the word bamboozled is in the headline. That is one of my favorite <laughs> words in the whole English language. I used to like malarkey too, but now I don't anymore. <laughs> Shenanigans. Mark, I, do, I still like shenanigans. Monkey yeah. shines. Mon and yeah, I never did monkey shines. Then, yeah. but I like bamboozle. Flabbergasted, flummoxed. Well, deep in a heart of here in in uh, the fabulous state of Texas, <laughs> <laughs> a Texas man is speaking. <laughs> this, this sounds like a Florida man, but it's not. It happened here in Texas. A Texas man is speaking out about his experience following an attempted carjacking where two suspects, one of them armed, followed him home into his garage and tried to steal his car at gunpoint, but ended up bamboozled and empty-handed. Now, when I first read this article, my first thought was, well, it's Texas. He probably had like six shotguns and at least, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> one Glock in the, you know, okay. They came up on me with a loaded 9mm gun with an extended clip, at least 40 bullets or so. Rounds, honey. They're called rounds. She corrects oh, me too, by the Houston, way. On that. It's Houston, so probably a liberal. A Houston homeowner who wished to remain anonymous said Two males ran up on him after he pulled into his garage. He says he believes they followed him from, I'm sorry, followed him to his home from a nearby gas station because that's not terrifying, but hey, Houston, keep voting liberal. One of the suspects, who is believed to be a teenager, demanded at gunpoint that the man turn over the keys to his Jeep, which were in a backpack in the passenger seat, unbeknownst to the suspects. Apparently unaware the keys were inside the backpack. Oh, and he got them on camera, too. Brilliant. Oh, the kid doesn't even know how to hold a gun right. That's sad. The second suspect grabbed the backpack and took off, which prevented the other suspect from starting the car. Say the that again? Okay. <laughs> So one suspect grabs the backpack and takes off at a run. Uh -huh. The other suspect, the one with the gun, tries to get in the car and start it. But the kid with the backpack had the key Jeez. fob, so they couldn't start the car. The homeowner then began chasing the suspect with the backpack, at which point he heard gunshots coming from the first suspect who was behind him. The complainant started to run after the suspect that had his backpack and heard <laughs> gunshots coming from the first suspect who was running behind him. The Houston Police Department posted on YouTube along with a video of the incident. <laughs> the suspect that had the backpack also heard the gunshots, causing him to drop the backpack. <laughs> the complainant was then able to recover his backpack with all his property as both suspects caught up with each other on the 3500 block of West... Holcomb. Usually when they say give me your, your keys, somebody gives it to them right away and they're gone. It didn't happen that way. So they were bamboozled. <laughs> the Houston homeowner explained they didn't know what to do. Luckily it was a bunch of errors or I probably would, wouldn't be talking to you today. The first suspect is I guess we can describe him if we haven't found him yet. The first suspect is described by police as a black male with a black hoodie and dark pants. While the second suspect is described as a black male with a black or gray hoodie black pants and yellow shoes or they could have just written didn't do's both suspects are said to have sped off in a blue chevy camaro boy is that is Jeep? that not like a, a, a 
cliche. You have a Camaro and you're trying to steal a Jeep? What a jerk. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I shouldn't have laughed at them. Okay, this one, I couldn't find the original article uh-huh. that had this particular headline. So you've got to read the headline because this is one of those headlines that as you read it, it gets better and better yes. and better. But and then you read, read the story and, and it's even better, which this, is almost this is impossible. Good, this, this is going to be my favorite story of the night, I do believe, without even looking at the rest of them. It's certainly my favorite headline. I might even use this headline. Um, For one of our classes. One of our uh, uh, subscribers on Holy Crap, the, mm-hmm. the video site, yeah, uh, said that they would be interested in buying a T-shirt that has like the most ridiculous headline ever and has the Holy Crap logo and all of that. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. I, I might use this one. <laughs> We're building this up a lot. I hope our audience appreciates it now because <laughs> I hope y'all like it as like much as like way overhyped. And all of a sudden it's like yeah, it was there. Hey. Wah, 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 wah. It's like you know like the. So-called Mexican food we had yesterday. <laughs> oh, Jesus. We should talk about that. <laughs> we will after this. Yikes. Right after this. Right after this message. Minnesota father allegedly uses a moose antler and a shovel to fatally beat man he suspected of abusing children, police say. Okay, that's different than the headline I had. Oh, what was the headline you had? Well, it's in the... Document that I'm oh, in the in, document that I'm not in right now. <laughs> okay, Minnesota father allegedly uses moose antler and shovel to fatally beat the man suspected of abusing children. It's the same thing that it is. Oh, yeah. I thought it was stalking his daughter. Oh, uh, I must I must have fixed it. Look okay. at me fixing crap. Well, are you fixing it? You boy, you fixed it really good here. Here we go. A Minnesota father allegedly used a moose antler. Well, that's a weapon I never thought of using. Hey, Rocky. Hey, they're uh, pretty big. And, and a shoveled. Yeah, those are big. Moose are huge. Anyway. I, I got lots of likes on Twitter for saying they bullwinkled his bean. <laughs> I probably um. shouldn't laugh. I mean, dude's dead. They made a big deal out of the fact that he was 77. I'm like, don't care. You yeah, if you, if you abuse children, goodbye. No, no. That, that's, that's a hard no for me. A Minnesota father allegedly used a moose antler and shovel to fatally beat an elderly man he believed was sexually abusing children, a criminal complaint states. Levi William Axtell, 27, turned him... Axtell? Axtell, A-X-T-E-L-L. Shares the last name with a friend of mine. Turned himself into police Wednesday, minutes after he killed a 77-year-old man. Axtell allegedly admitted to the crime, telling detectives that he had known the victim for a long time and believed him to have sexually offended against children in the past, according to the complaint. A witness told the Cook County Sheriff's Office that around 5 p.m. Wednesday, a person in a white Dodge caravan pulled into the driveway of the victim's Grand Marais home, smashed a vehicle, and then ran inside the residence, the document says. The witness heard screams. Something must have happened. They're not saying what actually happened to start this. Yeah, the witness heard screams coming from inside the home and saw the driver of the van flee the scene. Authorities said the alleged driver, identified as Axtell, drove to the police station. While covered in blood, he went inside with his hands on his head and said that he had murdered the victim, according to the complaint. The victim was found dead in his home next to a bloody shovel. A preliminary medical examiner's report said that he had defensive wounds on his arms and died from blunt force head injuries. Axtell told detectives that he found a shovel on the victim's deck and hit the man over the head with it about 20 times. 
because the first right. 19 didn't work. That's well, a bit much. Sounds hard. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to defend the like, guy. Like if I he said, did this, something happened to make him that mad. He said he finished him off by hitting him in the head several times with a large moose antler. That's my favorite part of it, I'm afraid. <laughs> Cook County Sheriff Pat Eliason said that Extel and the victim had experienced some conflict in the past and that Extel is alleged that he had stalked his 22-month-old daughter. Yuck. But nothing was ever sustained. When asked about the allegations that the victim had sexually abused children, the sheriff said there was apparently a case from the 1970s uh, out of Kennebec County, Minnesota. Eliason did not have details about the case and nothing related to those allegations was found in online court records for the victim. NBC's re- reached out to Kennebec County Court for comment. Axtell was charged with second-degree murder. Attorney information was not immediately available. Okay, that, I, this really doesn't fall under weird and wonderful, does it? It's more like why we can't have nice things. Or... It's kind of a mixture. I mean... It's just that the headline was so hilarious. But it wasn't. This this replacement headline was, I mean, other than using a moose antler, I mean, that that's, okay, that's funny. Using the moose antler as a, as a... Did that story have how young his daughter was? 22 months. Yeah. So, like I said, something happened. So, I, I mean, because... We'll find out more as the story goes on. If we, Once we find anything out, we'll try to keep you updated on that. Yes, yeah, so we're missing something. Mm. I, I, I'm not. I, I don't know. Something's. Yeah. Well, well we're going to have to follow that one because I. I think we're missing something on on this one. This is a nice, wonderful. Okay, story. so now let's talk about more wonderful than weird. A pair of geriatric lovebirds tied the oh. knot in their 80s after they fell for each other on an internet dating site. So not only are they two 80-year-olds who know how to use the internet. Aren't they cute? They're darn actually, fine actually, they're looking really, for 80. I wish I looked that good now. They're actually both very good-looking people. Yeah. <laughs> the besotted 85-year-old Trisha Shaw admitted she was smitten at first sight when she went online and found her toy boy, 82-year-old Ian. Ooh, she's got herself a younger man. Ian felt there was something about her and had to accept her offer of meeting up. And Trisha, who'd previously met four potential suitors online, said she was left wobbly at the knees when she first tucked into a fish supper with him. (laughs) The couple, who now live together, went ahead with their wedding in February after Ian was diagnosed with heart disease and needed a risky bypass operation. Trisha now believes more octogenarians should embrace online matchmaking after the pair enjoyed a magical wedding in front of 115 guests. That's a heck of a wedding. I highly recommend online dating because you tick so many boxes before you even meet, said Tricia, who worked at times as a private detective. You can tell you've got a lot in common. The wedding was the most magical time of my life. Everything was spot on, and I couldn't have imagined anything as wonderful. Great-grandmother of five, Tricia from Lancashire, New England, I almost said New York, came... (laughs) That's a bit of a difference. 4,000 holes in Blackburn. Okay. (laughs) Came across Ian's profile after going on the dating platform Plenty More Fish seven years ago. I've heard of that website. I've actually used that one. That's how I met one of my, the ex right before you, actually. Oh, wow. How cool. We're still sort of kind of friends almost-ish. Cool. She joined the site after losing her previous husband of 33 years and had met a handful of men before messaging Ian, who had been previously married for 35 years and was originally from Glasgow. 
gosh, they're both really good looking for <laughs> their age. The relationship got off to a rocky start when Ian ignored her first text at the start of his seven-day walking holiday. But he was intrigued when Trisha asked to get in touch and wrote again after completing his hike. That's a great photo. Five years old and they're out there hiking. The message arrived just as I was getting on a train and I thought, well, this will keep until I get back home, said Ian. Uh, not in your 80s, dude. <laughs> but later I got a message from Trisha saying, I can't believe you haven't been in touch. And I thought, this one has got something about her. Trisha said it was love at first sight. He said, she fell for me straight away and I also liked her from the word go. The wedding meant everything to me. The love struck pair moved in together 14 months later. Oh, you You're saucy You're never too little, old to be living in sin. saucy little minx. <laughs> and made plans to marry sometime in the future. But when Ian got the news that he would need heart bypass operation, they decided to press ahead with their wedding, which eventually took place on February 10th this that's, year. That, that's a smart idea. Yeah. I mean, if you know something may... Over 100 friends and family something. showed up for the wedding where Trisha was given away by her son, Timothy, and grandson, Henry. I have no family, but Trisha has an enormous family. All of them came and loads of friends. There were 115 eventually. Well, congratulations to the happy uh, couple. May you that have, is... I mean, you've already had a long and happy life, but you both look more healthy than I do. So, hey, see you in your hundreds. The guy's dressed in, you know, being from Glasgow, he's Glasgow, a, in a, kilt. a kilt. Yeah. 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 Very, very sweet. Yeah. Sweet story. All right. Well, we are at the top of the hour. Already? Already. Far yeah. the heck out. And we could head into this is why we can't have nice things, or we can take a quick break and come back in a bit. Well, oh, you know what? What? I think we need to rage about daylight stupid time first. Get that out of our system. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, the, if the fact that a bunch of overpaid actors are, are screaming socialist speeches tonight... They had to do it one that's hour. That's not annoying of, enough. No, that's not <laughs> annoying enough. Then here we go with this daylight savings time. There is a bill try, that they are trying to pass to make daylight savings time permanent. Yay! That, what are you yaying for? Let me try that again. No, okay. <laughs> you, you don't understand the bill, okay? Uh -huh. I'm yaying because that means... We spring forward uh -huh. permanently. We never spring back again. We don't do the cha-cha-cha anymore. So, oh, so, oh, this is what happens when I don't do your research. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's on me. That one's on me. Okay, I'm, I, I hereby join my beloved bride in saying yay to this. But anyway... <laughs> I'll go ahead and give you a little bit of detail as to why why does this even still happen? Anyway, daylight savings time started yesterday. It ends on Sunday, November 5th. Can't wait. So here we go. Daylight savings time clock adjustments are done in the third month, 11 month of a calendar year. Okay, I'm going to skip as to why they do this. How did Daylight Savings Time get its start? The first instant of Daylight Savings Time happened in Germany. Boo! On April 6, 1916, during World War I, according to the Textual Records Division of the U.S. National Archives and Records Administration, it was those dirty krauts. They did it again. In a blog post, the Textual Records... 
I don't want to get... It was a joke, people. It was a joke. J-O-K-E joke. I'm part German. Anyway, and even if I weren't, I'm part German. Don't shoot. <laughs> In a blog post, the Textual Records Division reported that German Bundesstaats Federal Council passed an order that instructed citizens to change their clocks by adding an hour of daylight to the day during the months of May through September. Would you like it, yeah? Congress passed the Standard Time Act of 1918 according to a Daylight Savings Time article published by the U.S. House of Representatives History, Art, and Archives website. Um, yeah, I think she did. She she was asking if 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 Nancy Pelosi voted for it. Sounds like something. She yeah. <laughs> the act, which built off an earlier campaign by railroad companies to synchronize their schedules in North America, established five time zones across the continental United States and Alaska, and importantly, mandated the clocks be advanced one hour on the last Saturday, last Sunday in March, and set back one hour on the last Sunday in October. And then the Uniform Time Act of 1966 was signed into law by President Lyndon B. Johnson, good old LBJ. Although the law could be amended several times in the coming decades, the Uniform Time Act of 1966, it says, what is the Uniform Time Act? It just says it was... That's stupid. It's an article that asks, what what is the Uniform Time Act of 1966 says when it was passed and why it was passed? It didn't say what it did or... The, Journalism people. It made us all lose an hour of sleep at least once a year. Well, I'm sure LBJ didn't lose any sleep because he was a badass. Anyway, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Only 71 countries observe daylight savings time. Daylight savings time is not observed in Hawaii, Arizona, with an exception for the Navajo Nation, American Samoa, Guam, the Northern Mariana Islands, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. The Navajos would be the one that would say, suck it. <laughs> yeah, well. I'm disappointed in you, Navajos. In the U.S., daylight savings time used to be observed in April and October, according to the National Conference of Who Cares. A daylight savings time survey published in March 2022 by Monmouth University, a private college in West Long Branch, New Jersey, found that 61% of Americans would like to get rid of the nation's twice-a-year time change. Melanie and I are in that 61%. Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> I just, it serves well, no it purpose. Well, it jacks me up with my tutoring because I have a couple of Arizona kids and I have to rearrange my entire schedule to accommodate them because their time doesn't change and they're the only sane ones. Between 25... Hi, I'm Fetterman. Between 2015 (laughs) and 2019, I'm a little edgy tonight, have you noticed? You are a little bit on the edgy side. It's okay. Between 2015 and 2019, 29 states have introduced legislation for year-round daylight savings time, according to the U.S. Department of Transportation's Who Cares? The 29 states that would like to have daylight savings time year-round are seeking to abolish the twice-yearly switching of clocks. So... Yeah. I am for this twice a year change, this outdated. In fact, it was never outdated. It was never a good idea to begin with. Farmers hate it. Farmers hate it. Cows hate it. Birds hate it. Bees hate it. it. 
Everybody's. <laughs> Everybody hates it's it. A, it's a stupid idea. So let's let's abolish. We'll start with that stupid idea, and we'll work on abolishing other stupid ideas while we're on what the subject. What are those things Congress passed without asking us? Sick of that noise. Well, we, we, abolish... vote, we, we vote for them in general to, to represent us and, and well, represent our interests. We? <laughs> well, I mean, I said in essence, in, mm. in theory, we, we do that. Okay. Well, now we are officially thus forthly and all that, all the other wordsly at the top of the hour. So we got to pay a couple of bills and we shall be back with more. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, I get it. Your parents were jerks and you're traumatized. But that doesn't mean you should use your lousy childhood as an excuse to be a lousy adult. Stop being such a whiner and get past your past already. Buy Get Over It and Get Started, the book by Melanie Hope that will get you out of your self-imposed failure and on the road to greatness. Available in paperback, Kindle, and Nook. In a land filled with deception, corruption, and the slow but steady erosion of constitutional freedom, one jackass, uh, Democrat, stands head and shoulders above the rest. Coming soon to a state near you, Robert Francis O'Rourke is the Mexican. That's Beto. I mean, uh, <clears throat> that's Beto to you, senor. He is unafraid to show his true colors, whatever they are at a given moment. For too many years, rich white men have run this country. Vote for me, and I promise I will- Now wait a dang minute. Ain't you a rich white man? Uh, <clears throat> you must have mistaken me with some gringo, senor. Unafraid to tackle the numbers, even when they don't add up. Well, Max, if we do not change our consumerist, wasteful habits, life as we know it will come to an end in ten years. But, good sir, this timeline is being debunked by the very scientists who believe in climate change. Well, uh, <clears throat> are you saying I am telling a lie? That is very racist of you. Unafraid to tackle you. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15s and AK-47s. But sir, how are you going to confiscate millions of firearms without due process and without straining government resources? Well, uh, Trump's border policy is tearing families apart and white people like you think it's all right. Shame on you, gringo. Fear has a new name, and so does Robert Francis O'Rourke, the Mexican, coming soon to a Democratic debate near you. Leaders, listen up. Do you feel like you can't get a dang thing done because of all the namsy-pamsy crybabies that want you to coddle their creativity? When you give orders, are you met with vacant stares only rivaled by a cocker spaniel? It's not them. It's you. You need to shape up or they'll ship you out. Read the Sniper's Guide to Leadership and you'll become a more effective leader, communicator, and motivator. Forget smart goals and learn swift goals. Get the Sniper's Guide to Leadership in paperback, Kindle, and Nook. Today! This show is brought to you in part by Pelosi Gourmet Ice Cream. 
Pelosi ice cream is as yummy as being third in line for the presidency and as cold as one of Nancy's glares. Try all the great flavors in our lineup. Left-wing lime, power-mad praline, loose denture licorice, vodka on the rocky road, bad orange man sherbet, blowout berry, and our brand new taste combo sensation, in peach mint. Whether you store it in your $25,000 freezer or lug it in your cooler as you walk aimlessly down Lombard Street while trying to avoid human feces, you'll love Pelosi Gourmet Ice Cream. Available at an overpriced upscale grocery store near you. Traveling shouldn't be a bore. It should be a chore. And at Dispirited Airlines, we will give you a fully modern flying experience that even the TSA envies. To keep our super low fares in the gutter, you can fully customize your experience by paying for endless extras. Carry on? No problem. We charge by the ounce for our convenience. Checked bags? No problem. <laughs> we don't check anything. Seat? You can't fly without one or the fee that comes with it. Air masks? Window shades? Vents? All yours for the asking and a low fee just below your ticket price. Pillow? Peanuts or water? 1950 called and wants its expectations back. You won't find such nonsense on Dispirited. We are a modern airline. As soon as you clean up after the previous occupant, you'll enjoy all the modern conveniences of a storage pocket and, on flights over two hours, a free reading light. Upgrade to our super deluxe seating package that includes cushions and armrests and is even bolted to the fuselage for your added safety. Another hallmark of our airline is our truly unique approach to customer service, meaning we don't offer any. At Dispirited, we treat you just like family. Get a truly 21st century family experience from our dour, ticked off, overworked and underpaid flight attendants, counter agents and flight crews. We might even start arguing with you and asking about your failed marriage, your dead end job or your weight. Just to remind you why you have to fly Dispirited in the first place, you cheap loser. For a travel experience you'll never forget, although Lord knows you will try, call us today at 1-800-DISPIRITED or book online at pleaseforthelovofgoddon'tcancelmyflightagain.com. Dispirited Airlines, third world service with first world fees. everybody. This is Fritzina Fluffybottom. Did you know that we have a subscribe star? We do! There are lots of fabulous extra things on there that you can't get anywhere else, like outtakes, new books, and extra videos. And you can sign up for as little as one dollar. Our entire show is funded by you, our loyal viewers. Please make sure you sign up today so that mommy and daddy can get me shiny new bells for my collar, extra feathery toys, yummy crumbly cat food bowls made just for kitty cats, more cow pillows for my couch, name brand albacore tuna, my own pink <laughs> 